is a fourth heaven beyond that which is known to godly man. It is a heaven as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the heaven of imagination. It is an area we call the twilight, I mean, the preacher zone. And we're back. One more show for the end of the year. Of course, Christmas is around the corner. This is the Preacher Zone. Many say, what is it? Well, it's a show that's dedicated to looking at God's Word and studying how to navigate through this world by His instruction. And we need a lot of instruction. That is definitely for sure. So one thing we do have is a, a cast of characters. And I think right now what we're going to do is uh, introduce them. So let's get started. Joining us from the First Christian Church of Princeton, Pastor Todd, welcome. Hello there. How you doing? Doing good. It's great to have you here. Yeah, I just got off the golf course. You know, that's what preachers do. They preach, they prepare sermons, and then they golf. And it's all about the putter. Yeah, that's you putt for dough, yeah. You know, you preach for dough, too. Right, Steve? Yeah. Preacher from Mikasa, we've got Pastor Steve. Welcome, Pastor. Buenas tardes, everybody. Hey, buenas tardes. It's so good to have you here on the show. Once again, the final show of the year is uh, we're going to talk about Christmas. And Professor Kevin, I don't know how we ended up, but somehow you got to sign Johnny Cash. Is there a story behind that? This is my karaoke song. Anytime I go to a karaoke bar, this what do you want to sing? Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash. Put it on. All right. That is so cool. All right, we're going to do that now. On the road, we'll catch up with him in just a minute. As uh, Pastor King, hopefully all is good there. We're going to check in. By the way, real quick. I'm Mitchell. And uh, I think the theme song says it all. Boy, you move good. Yes. I said the next time I was going to teach you guys the horror, but we will do that next time. So now it's time for the Preacher Zone. We're getting into it right now. It's when we look at God's Word and find out how to navigate through this world. It's not easy, and you don't have to do it alone, because we have God. Let's get in the Preacher Zone right now. Wow. You feel the energy on that one? It's always energy. Yeah, it's always energy. You know Always what? energy. All right, let's go ahead. I think, because he's on the road. I don't know exactly what he's doing, but Pastor King is, uh, I guess, out on assignment somewhere. Hopefully, we have him here. I have an idea, but it's a secret. Really? Is it a secret? Yes. From the, the House of Restoration, that's Pastor King. Are you there? I'm here. I want to say hello to everybody. All you brothers, hey. good seeing you guys and all hearing you guys today. Thank God for each of you. Well, thank God for you too, right? Yeah, good to hear from you. He sounded like he just woke up. Oh, <laughs> all right. I get you guys. He's I'm, sipping I'm, the eggnog already. <laughs> yeah, definitely he's been drinking something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pastor King, we're going to get right into it, okay? It's Christmas time, and the question that we have for uh, everybody on the show today is, do we really need a Visa card to celebrate Christmas? That's a good question, and I want to be totally honest with my answer. I don't believe you need a credit card. I don't believe you need money. I don't believe you need trees and lights. 
or anything like that to celebrate Christmas because Christmas is really Jesus' birthday that's set aside for us to remember him, his birth. And so I don't believe you need any of the bits and glands to celebrate Christmas. I do believe that if you really want to celebrate and celebrate it to its max, then you have to have it already in your heart and knowing what that day is all about. So I ask certain questions, you know, we expect to receive a gift on Christmas, which is not our birthday, you know. So on that day, how many of you want to bring a gift and celebrate that day? And so I don't want us to be, you know, selfish. And like I said, it's not our birthday, but it's Jesus' birthday. And no, I don't believe you need a credit card to celebrate Christmas. Pastor King, what's a, a Christmas memory uh, from the past, either with your family or flock? Would you share that, please? One that stands out. Well, one that stands out right now when I pastoring in California and all my kids was around and uh, and the church was there as well. And we understood as a church that it really wasn't about the gifts or the exchanging of gifts, even though we did that because some people really wanted to exchange gifts. But the fact that everyone understood what Christmas was all about, and we really, really, really celebrated our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that was one of one of the greatest times for me is that people really understood what Christmas was all about. Hey, King, it's good to hear from you. And yes, I do agree. You know, my grandkids, they prove one of your points that you don't necessarily have to uh, worry about exchanging gifts all the time to celebrate Christmas because... When they're really small, sometimes they take the toy out of the box and they play with the box. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, a while back, I took my kids to Mexico in uh, Christmas time. And when we did our Christmas celebration and everything the very next day, the same gifts that they opened after we shared how Jesus came to die for us and how it's his birthday and we're celebrating Jesus and how the Father, you know, gave it the best that he had, which was Jesus Christ. So the next day we went out to uh, give gifts to the poor. My surprise that my kids actually gave away their toys. So that was great. Well, you know, and Pastor King, I agree with you. You absolutely do not need a credit card. You need cash for Christmas because you need to go down to the 99 cent store and buy a $2 gift card for all your friends and relatives and tell them you can go there and buy two any items you want. And there you go. Merry Christmas. Hey, well, guys, this, this has been wonderful. Today has been wonderful. And to hear all you guys' voices once again. And it's been a, a hey, full hey. year for each Christmas. of us. So Merry I'd like Christmas, to say goodbye to uh, Mitch. Mitch, you put this all together for us. And I thank God for that. Um, Amen. Your heart, Amen. your love for us, and your wanting to see us do what God has given to each of us to do. And my brother Steve, it's gonna be it's good seeing you today too, man. And so we're hearing you today. But it's man, God bless you and all that God's right. given you to do. And Kevin, God bless you, man. It's been a, a difficult year for you as well, but no doubt you have arrived this day right here. So I'm gonna say goodbye to you and and Todd. Goodbye to you too, man. It's been a beautiful year for all of us. A beautiful year for you. I mean, we have come together and did and did yes, what God has put in our hearts to do. And I'm so honored and so blessed and so privileged to have uh, been around you guys for the time that I've been around. So God bless you guys and and enjoy your day. Be blessed because you are. Amen. We'll see you. I think he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I think so, he hung up on him. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Steve, let's go to you right now. And just your thoughts about the meaning of Christmas. And this time of year, a lot of people tend to forget what Christmas is all about. And, you know, 
everybody gets so wrapped up in gifts and shopping and family and food and parties and everything that we really forget to, to take time and actually thank God that he sent his son to die for us in the cross and that we're celebrating his birth. You get all these true religious guys, right? You know, oh, Christmas is not the time that Jesus was born and oh, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas and Christians should celebrate Christmas and you get all this, right? But what I'm saying is it's a special time of the year and we should take advantage of it because that's when the most people tend to want to listen and want to hear what we're celebrating. As Christians, I think that's the time for us to shine, and to stand firm and to tell them the real meaning of Christmas and not shy away. One of the, uh, the highlights that we don't have anymore because the local nursing home shut down a few years ago from after COVID is that Christmas Eve, we had a custom, we'd always go over there and we'd make the rounds singing door to door to those who couldn't get out. And then uh, in some of their main areas, there was a piano and we'd sing Christmas hymns. And then we'd usually end by going into the Alzheimer's unit and we would sing hymns. And I I happened to go over there quite a bit because my mom was staying there. And people that never talked, never spoke a word, when we would sing Christmas hymns, they would sing they could no longer vocalize and have a regular conversation. But when it came to praising God, because that had been a long time tradition in them, probably from a child, suddenly that part of their brain woke up. And so to me at Christmas, the important thing, most important thing is the fellowship of being together with family, other believers, and just that sense of gratefulness And at this point in my life, the most fun that I have is watching the kids, you know, make sure they understand the story. Because we have, I don't know how many nativity scenes in our house, but my wife's going to go over it and make sure they know. But then the anticipation of watching the littlest or the newest ones open their gifts. And then it just goes berserk after that. But it's that fellowship and then having friends stop by. That's overall my fondest memory. I have many over the years. The thing I remember most about Christmas is two things. Number one, growing up Catholic on Christmas, usually after Christmas Eve Mass or Christmas morning Mass, we would get the baby Jesus out and put him back in the manger because the whole time, you know, he isn't there until Christmas. So to me, that was always the thing that I remember most about Christmas. That's when Jesus shows up. The other thing I remember is um, back in the 60s, my grandmother, when she was in her 60s, would make Christmas dinner for us. As she got older, she would actually start ordering Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. I do remember Kentucky Fried Chicken on Christmas. So those are some of the things that come to my mind. Another thing that comes to my mind is that I remember hearing a preacher from Biola University, and he talked about the truth of Santa Claus. And he talked about the story about a pastor many years ago, how he would give endowments to people and he would sneak into their homes and drop it off. And then no one knew who was giving it away. And they would wake up in the morning and there would be money there or something for the family that they needed. To me, that's what I think of Christmas is it's a time for us to help somebody out that needs to be helped. It's obviously wonderful to receive gifts as a child, as you get older, you get more enjoyment after giving something mm-hmm. away. It's been a, a very long and trying year and some very difficult roadblocks or 
speed bumps to get over, especially for our crew here, part of the, uh, the Preacher Zone. What I want to do now is just like, you know, for a young family that might be listening right now, just a suggestion about maybe there's a tradition they could start or just something what mom and dad could do. Like what you were sharing with your kids when they were in Mexico and then on their own, they gave their Christmas gifts away. What do you think? Any suggestions? What we started doing a while back was whenever we buy a gift for the kids, we would always tell them, buy a gift for somebody that you don't know that might be in need. So we were trying to teach them as they receive also to give. That's one of the things that we were teaching them as they were growing up, to always give freely and to always know that there's always somebody else in need that needs more than they do. You know, here locally, there's a long tradition, the uh, the Angel Tree Program, which is spearheaded for a long time by the uh, Lions Club and the local school district, Princeton ISD, and the churches in town. And now that list is in the hundreds and hundreds. There's like no excuse for child to not get gifts. And along with that, some big baskets or boxes of food for the family as well. People can pay $75 a piece. And the profile of that child, there'll be students like high school students will go shop to fulfill those needs. Or the person can pick up that profile and go shop and bring all those gifts. And they have it very organized, but doing it for years to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks in this community. That's a really good thing. On a personal note, I was thinking about my mother, how every year she was the one that would really instigate my brother and I to trim the tree. Remember, put the tinsel on it and the balls and the lights, and then the cat would, of course, run up there and try to pull the whole thing down. (laughs) But when we got finished, my mother would turn all the lights down low except for the Christmas lights and she'd have cookies and she would literally make us sit down on the couch and just meditate and watch and she would play real Christmas music music that told the story of Christmas and we'd probably just sit there for an hour and just relax our mind and just absorb it all and just stop for a moment and I miss that since my mom's gone going through grief share right now and today's day 90 for me one of the things we learned in Grief Share is that try to find new traditions. And one of the things that came to my mind was asking people, what do they do for Christmas? What are some of their traditions? And I remember a friend of mine telling me that their tradition was going to the movie theaters and seeing It's a Wonderful Life in a movie theater. Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. And for people who've lost somebody, it just brings up so many emotions watching that movie. And it's funny because that movie was nothing in the day when it came out. Over the years, it just picked up an incredible following. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, yeah. It's it's such a great movie about your redemption and so forth. I just would say, ask people, what are your traditions? And ask, like, Steve, what are your traditions? Pastor Todd, what are your traditions? Yeah, if you have a next-door neighbor, somebody lives alone, invite them over. You may be surprised. You rarely talk during the air. They may really surprise you and come over. And you will enjoy the fellowship. Especially if you have a Mexican neighbor. You'll eat real good. Okay, all 20 of you come over. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be eating tamales, buñuelos, and everything. Well, as we wind down, I just want to give uh, everybody a chance to just send out the uh, Christmas and New Year's message. If you just like to do that, we'll go with you, Pastor Todd. 
it is important to stop. Traditions are good. It's good to read the Gospels and the birth narratives, particularly in Matthew and Luke, and to find some Christmas music. Find somewhere where there maybe there there's a real live nativity, and take your children. There actually are children growing up now that have never been in a church, let alone have had anybody explain to them the meaning of a nativity scene. In my mind, I guess I connect it with trying to communicate. There shouldn't be anybody lonely at, at Christmas, and there shouldn't be a child that uh, has not been given the chance to understand what the, the real meaning and the message is, is that God entered this world through the, through the form of a little innocent baby, so vulnerable to the world, yet that's how he chose to sneak in to save the world. I always read that Luke passage every single Christmas. That's one of my traditions that I do on Christmas Day, is make sure I read that to the kids no matter what. Yeah, I love that tradition. What would you suggest to somebody, Professor? That would be my suggestion, you know, you know actually opening up the family Bible. I know it weighs 10 pounds. No one's opened it for about 20 years, but open it up and go to that scripture and read it and read it out loud to the family. You know, do it before, do it after you know, breakfast or before breakfast and share that story because it's such a wonderful story about our salvation, beginning of our salvation story. That's Steve. Amen. I would say that people need to take a little bit of time and just reflect that uh, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, which he is our salvation. And at that moment, salvation came to earth. And I think that we need to stop a lot of, a lot of people waiting to New Year's Eve to, to start all over. But in reality, at the birth of Jesus Christ, we had a redo. And through his sacrificial at the cross, you know, we came to have everlasting life and salvation. And that's one of the reasons I think in Christmas everybody should just stop, hold hands as a family, and just pray. Thank God that we're about to finish a year and we're about to start a new one. That way we'll know that we're starting in the right way. That's going to wrap things up for this year for the 2023 season of The Preacher Zone. Put a ribbon and a bow on it. We sure hope you enjoyed the travels with us this year and you stay with us for where we get led by God next year. So from all of us here at The Preacher Zone to all of you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and God bless you.